Hey, today's guest is a New York legend, Harley Flanagan. Now, Harley is widely recognized as one of the founding fathers of the New York hardcore punk scene, which was the scene. He was still a child at the time. Get this. He's a founding member of the notorious hardcore band, The Cro-Mags, and is joining us to share the stories from his new memoir, Hardcore Life of My Own. Man, you got to see that even just the pictures are worth picking up on this book. It's that exciting. I mean, there, there's some unbelievable things. This book tells the story of how a child prodigy, as he navigated the controversial punk rock scene, and this guy was a teenager when he was doing it. Back then, he was hanging around with Andy Warhol and Allen Ginsberg, and today he can call Anthony Bourdain a big supporter. That's how I got to him, was by watching an interview and then a friend of a friend. Hey, a really fascinating guy. Welcome to All Business Harley. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, you know, when I sit here and look at your life and it says sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, one of the things that was said about you, undeniably hardcore force of nature is that a real description for you uh yeah that's my business that's uh that's <laughs> you're not your business it's, it's been it's your life it's been your yeah, life yeah although i yeah. see it you know it's interesting because i i came to you through your wife who's a friend of i met her and then she's a good friend of mine and then someone sent uh, a clip of you and adrian Bar- uh, bourdain yes and which was an awesome clip of an interview that you two did and i went dude that guy's a pretty cool guy because you know look i'm a business guy right mm-hmm. all right i'm 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 wearing night you know you're in shorts and tats and the whole bit and you <laughs> you, you use the word fuck more than probably i i do which is Poss- a lot possibly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it was like hey i want to meet that guy you know what i mean so there's something that's deeper there than just that stuff right well, you know, I like to think uh, all humans have more to offer than what you see on the outside. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, man, it's been a, a an interesting journey yeah. to say the least. You know? I mean, you started when I I read back and I'm thinking, holy shit, what a different life! You, you were 11 years old. You were you were drumming for which band? Uh, when I was 11, I was in a band called the Stimulators. Stimulators, yeah. yeah. And then 14, you really became this. What everybody describes you as a, as a child prodigy. All right, you're playing you're playing in the club scene, hanging out with Andy Warhol, hanging out with Alan Greens, Greensburg, Gins, Ginsburg, Ginsburg, Ginsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I don't know everybody. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not cool. I'm not cool. <laughs> I'm not cool. I don't know all these freaking people. I had to go look this shit up. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> although, I do I have a signed Andy Warhol book? I do have that. That was well, that, that, yeah, that's cool. That's that is cool. cool. Absolutely. But, but yeah, but fourteen. When I think of child prodigies, I'm thinking for music. All right, seriously, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking you know violin. Yeah, little p- kids piano, playing piano. And piano. Shit like that. I mean, here you are playing in the rock scene, dude. In the New York rock scene. Yeah, I mean, I you know honestly, I've been playing music my whole life. I mean, I can't even really remember when it started, yeah. but, but um, I really. I started gigging in uh, my first punk band when I was like 10, yeah. and that was in Europe actually, and we toured a little bit, and and that was really the start. And uh, So how did you do that? Your, your mom, I, I read a lot about your mom, thank yeah. God she was part of your life, yeah. because uh, she was an awesome seriously, woman. I think you yeah. would have been a lot more screwed up, right? In terms well, of, not you know, that you're screwed up nah, now, but you I, know what I mean? I, you know what, yes and no, because uh, 
my well, you know, my mom was a hippie back in the yeah, day. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so like a lot of she she kind of believed that part of my education, you know, is w- would be exposing me to as much of the world as possible. So we traveled a lot. She, you know, always exposed me to a lot of music and um so it w- it was yeah, she really she definitely made me who I am, but there was definitely a downside to that too. You got it, you know? okay? Because I, you know, look, my father was in the military. Every year we moved to a different place, yeah. right? And people go, "Man, that's kind of a weird upbringing." Well, for me, that's normal. Yeah. So for what you did was normal, exactly. But you look back on it, was it good or was it bad? Well, I would not want my kids to live the life I yeah. lived, but um. At the same time, like you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish my life on my worst enemy, but I would not trade it in for, for anything. Because it's, it's your life, dude. I, dude, I had a great time. Yeah, you know, I had a blast. Even even when I was a total fuck up, you know, I was, I, I lived by my rules. I always did what I wanted to, and I, and um, you know, I didn't have any ambitions or hopes to be any rock star or this or that or whatever i just you know i played music and and just tried to survive you know the lower east side was rough back then yeah that was a well that was a like a a dmz zone right man Mm -hmm. you know i'll tell you growing up a white boy on the les back Mm -hmm. then was 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 hard as hell man you know i used to i used to get in fights every day you know and and there was a lot of drugs a lot of crime a lot of gangs it was a very different world from the new york that people uh, see now yeah. and I think that's why I'm finally you know I, I guess that's what my my quote-unquote my business is big has become it's like you know everybody is fascinated with uh, authenticity now you yeah know, everybody's looking for what's real you know because everything's so fucking fake now. yeah but should I, that should I, I don't know any difference it should all be real right yeah but it's so not you know yeah, but I mean, life is better when it's like that I yeah, think for I, me, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, that's that's why people like uh, you know like Anthony Bourdain are blowing up yeah. so big because he you know he's real. He's a know? real guy. He's a real I don't guy. know him. I, yeah, as no, I we were talking cool ahead of time, yeah. you know, I I like the guy. I think and a lot of people say, hey, we got to meet because yeah, man, he's good people. You would yeah, definitely like him. A deep kind of guy, yeah. which would be awesome. So so you got the book out. I yes. mean, that's what that's what we're pimping today. Yeah. So which is cool. I you know I have no problem with shameless plugs on that <laughs> uh, because cool. that's that's, awesome. how, that's how we make money. Yeah, that's right. So um, so why did you write it? You know, I I wrote it because. Um, I knew that if I didn't and like, you know, say I got hit by a bus or some shit or, you know, mm-hmm. died for whatever reason, I knew somebody else would. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I had already made enough of a mark and and left enough of an impact on music and, and everything where th- the story would eventually be told. And I know if I didn't tell it, somebody else would and they would do a, a hack job and they would it would be some self-serving bullshit that they would try to paint me into whatever character they wanted to paint well, me Well, you as. get that. I mean, there's, there was a big fight you had here recently. And you yeah. get both two sides. You always get that stuff. But, you know, look. But I, I, but I, I wanted to get my version of it out. Just so, for the record. Which that, is cool. Know. No, I think we all should do that for prosperity or for just for whatever. But, you know, when I look at it, and look, I got you know. I'll be honest with you. I, I, again, I'm a business guy. I'm from South Dakota. I'm not the hippest dude there is in the world. But, <laughs> but you know, I like all kinds of music. But uh, you know, I don't know all the music people. Half the time, I'm meeting these people on runways or whatever, and I'm going, "Who the hell's that?" And dude, I'm with you, man. I but, didn't. <laughs> but but and I know you. You look me up. You go like, "Who the hell's this guy?" Hey but, man, when I met so, Anthony Bourdain, I didn't know who he was. You see, know, well, like, <laughs> I didn't have cable. Dude, you, you got to get out more often. Okay? <laughs> I look, I live in the fishbowl, man. I, you know. It, it, 
I, but 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 I want to go back because when I started looking you up and so yeah. and I saw I said who the hell is this and why is why is Bourdain interviewing him and yeah, yeah. and why did Camilla send this over to me with New York natives and and you know she's a smart gal you know and I said well, who's this guy you were in the middle of it man you you are yeah, like the, the grandfather <laughs> and I gotta say that because you're like what 49 years old yeah man yeah. but uh, you, I'm, it, I'm young for a grandfather but I've been in yeah, it a long time yeah me too I'm 55 <laughs> and I'm a grandfather now I just found out I'm becoming a grandfather for the second well, time well I'm not literally a grandfather oh, so well, it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, you know you'll put that on the record not yet bullshit you're backing away already so but when when you but it was not yet you did it you you are the the person and and I brought you your name up at a couple of cocktail parties i said i'm going to interview this guy because they were music people and they mm-hmm. went oh my god how'd you get him i mean it was like that so which is i thought was pretty cool yeah yeah that's like a, a buddy of mine uh, stevie ray vaughn uh yeah. yeah little stevie yeah and so it, it's cool when i hear things from people like that about you or others yeah, I, man, it makes cool. me it makes me stand up and go okay i gotta pay attention now you know well i'll tell you man it's i i'm honored when people you know who've made it in music they when they acknowledge me or when they even know who i am it's it's it it's blows me away a little bit it's like you know the guys from metallica they used to be fans of my band and they come see us and you know when the people that you look up to acknowledge you that's it's a it's a great thing man so when you got into the business and it's the business okay But you didn't, did you think it was the business or you just oh, got into no, it because no, it was fun? That dude, you, yeah. come on, man. I'm playing in a band at 10 years old. You think yeah. I'm thinking about business? No, know? no, but when you got older, when you had to make real money, when you had to make money and start paying the frickin' bills. And, yeah, but and that like, didn't like, happen for me till not that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, seriously, is that <laughs> no, when you, dude, would I, you have a pithany and said, uh, I got to stop living like this and uh, I got to yeah, make I, money with I, it or I, what? I had kids. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, then so I started bright. thinking about, you know, okay, I got to do more than just be like out there, you know? Yeah. But um, no, I I didn't play music. I didn't start playing in a band because I, I had any ambitions to be successful. I did it because it was nat it was natural for me. You know, yeah. you it, I I'm up all night coming up with riffs yeah. and and stuff. I, it's just, it's almost like a mental disorder. I'm constantly You're writing music. I yeah. hear it in my head and I yeah. have to figure it out. It's like I couldn't turn it off if I wanted to. Yeah, you know, I, um. But hey, you know what? That's it's all good. So, but when so Cromag and I. By yeah. the way, I went back and because I didn't know the songs. Yeah, before. yeah. I gotta, uh, I, I'm, hey. being, I'm, I'm honest with you no, about no, that. It's but, all good. Man. But I like listening to stuff. I like listening to everything. Now I know, don't listen to us, but uh, thank you. No, no, it's, <laughs> it was good. I listened to a, I listened to one of the albums and I listened to some of your new stuff here recently. But but when I'm sitting there and listen to you, Cromag, you guys were like the epitome of like being the total success could have been as big as Metallica. You mentioned Metallica and it's been written over and over. You could have been that big, but things went off track. Yeah, we were, we were a bunch of fuck ups, you know? And, um, because we were a hardcore band, you know, hardcore punk band, you know, I don't think we ever had the idea that we would ever be hugely successful. I mean, to be honest, when I was writing all those songs, I was living in a in a burnt out building on Avenue C, you know, uh-huh. like a squat with no running water. I was bathing in fire hydrants with a bucket and liquid soap. You know, I mean, life was. It, I was rough in it in 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 a way. You know, I mean, I was stealing food to eat. Uh, I was shoplifting for food. I was, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I was in a very popular local band. 
So, I mean, all those lyrics about, that, you know, survival to, of the streets and all that shit, that, that was real. Yeah, but that doesn't you know? seem to be computer. I'm going to come back because let me tell you guys, uh, I need to take a break because I got to get paid here. So, this is, <laughs> this is how I eat. And, and if you haven't you haven't woken up right now, then you need, or from just this interview, you will because you're going to need a little bit more caffeine. But And we know that fall's in the air. I got to talk about this. It means pumpkin everything. I can't freaking believe it's pumpkin season. Right. Speaking of which, you got some Dunkin' Donuts. Exactly. Up See, that's what? what I'm talking yeah, about. I yeah, could use per- some myself. Yeah, I like the double <laughs> espresso. Do you do you drink Dunkin'? Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I'm a, I drink a good amount of coffee. Yeah, yes. I, can, I can tell that. I can tell that. You're, you're, you're high on something, that's for sure. That's good that it's caffeine. So whether you, whether you enjoy America's favorite coffee, piping hot or refreshing iced, it's brewed especially for you because America runs on Dunkin' and so does all business right here. I love these guys. They're awesome. And don't forget my mugs for plug. So if you send me a coffee mug, we'll take a picture. We just did that a minute ago. Yes, we did. And it was awesome. My friends do that for me welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world jeffrey hazlett hosts all business brought to you by dunkin donuts but let me talk about that so man you're barely surviving which doesn't make sense come on you're a hot freaking band well we weren't yet okay that was the roots Uh, of it see and that's was the that was the inspiration behind what we were. It was all, it was, you know, we were writing from our real experience. It yeah. wasn't some, some bullshit metal band. Like so you're writing. living it. Yeah, you're living it. It was real. It yeah. was genuine. And that, and I think that is what came through some, in the like, music. You were some like some saran wrap boy, 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 blow dried kind no, of band. It, well, that was, it was a punk, real. Yeah, that was a punk scene too. Yeah. You do, know. You, do you think that could reinvent itself now? In that way, no, because that really was the don't. goal. That's got to be the golden years. I mean, of, of that, even not just your genre, but all the great genres. Yeah. I think the seventies was yeah, the, the seventies was really special. Yeah, for, you know, and and even the early eighties, you know. But no, I don't think it could ever be that way again because um, New York is uh, it's so different. It's so sterile now, and 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 and. It's there was a certain danger back then, and I yeah. and I think that that really pushed that creative drive. I mean, you know, art needs something uh, that 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 lawlessness that that existed here. I mean, it was really it was a different world, and I think that's what drove the creativity more than yeah. anything. Now it's just such a cut and paste culture. Like you know, people don't even know their their roots or their history Although, like you, you yeah, don't need yeah. to know the history of music you just yeah. google just it singing. and yeah. cu- you know cut and paste even art is just cut and paste bullshit now like there isn't that same you know that urgency, rawness that, of yeah real. that rawness it really it's you got to like look for i that mean you now. can fix the tracks it's just like you know <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, i mean exactly when you johnny can, cash it, sang it man it was it that it, was that it. was it you yeah. know and, and same thing with all the jazz greats you know i love how people back then you know if you made a mistake tough shit it was yeah. on the record or just cover <laughs> over it yeah you know no, I, mean, I meant that yeah exactly <laughs> you know you, like hendrix would hit a, a bad note and turn it into a good note yeah you know like that was the beauty of it, it was this real so i want to know the business of 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 rock and and how how do you make your money so oh shit i haven't figured that out yet man seriously. maybe you can tell no. me because <laughs> i'm still trying to get no, paid when from you go, all my endeavors but i want to learn from you and i want the people to learn you went into it you're playing it i got it you're trying to survive yeah you're doing it for the love which a lot of entrepreneurs do by the way a lot of people that's how you start start, i would imagine you know yeah but when you're in the band 
Do you guys do you guys like all right, so you're gonna get a thousand bucks for the gig or yeah. or maybe, whatever number yeah whatever yeah, yeah. number it could have been a hundred yeah hundred bucks whatever yeah. it is thousand. how do you decide who gets what well you know first off you got to pay for your expenses which yes. is you know the vehicle yeah the, the road crew whether it's yep. just a driver or whatever it is and you know tour manager and then you have your per diem you know the money that each of you get every day to eat whether yeah. it's so you guys five set bucks that. ten bucks right. so we have that all worked out and you know your gas expenses and all this other bullshit and then at the end of the day whatever is left over the band members you know you wind up getting but you also you're also making money off merchandise which mm-hmm. actually usually is, is the thing that kind of sets you ahead a little yeah. bit you know yeah. that's where you make your money and but you know what? I, the, the, I the, Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand that. Just like I do a lot of public speaking or the TV stuff that I do or even this, most of that, as long as I get paid for it and get the things covered, it's my marketing, right? Just like your concerts and things and playing those things are yours, and then it's the other add-ons that really make you the good money, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm curious. I really want to get into the mind of you guys. How do you decide who gets what? So you're playing the bass. Someone's playing the drums, right? Someone's lead singer, right? Yeah. So, well, in, in a perfect world, everybody in the band would be getting an equal pay, and that's more works. more often than not. That that's how it starts. Yeah, it isn't until later when you start having management involved and and you know this and that, you know, that people start saying, "Oh, you're the real star of the band," or yeah. this or that, and that, and then all the ego bullshit starts getting involved, right. and that's usually the downfall of the band. That's why. That's why once bands get big, you know, they they typically splinter up into different things unless they're like, you know, the Rolling Stones who are like more of a corporation than a band in in so many ways at this point, you know. Yeah. It's like But do you think those guys are good friends? Well, I they don't have know. To be I, I don't know level. if they're good friends, but they have a, a relationship that is, you know, that you, you know, you can't Look, even the guys that I used to play with that I that I more or less can't stand them, I still have love for them just because we had so many you experiences did yeah. together. You I mean, can't you, take you, that no, away. No, you can't. And I, you know, I I don't know how they feel about me. I, it doesn't really matter at this point to me. You know, I wish we all got along. We, you know, we don't. Whatever. But me, I I will always uh, treasure those memories. You know, yeah. and the, the, but from the, a from a business standpoint or from the standpoint of just you know having that. Do you wish you would have spelled that shit out a little bit better? Oh hell yeah, yeah. you know. But but we made a lot of mistakes. I mean, we were just kids when we were, were getting going, and I signed my record deal and my management contract and all that bullshit literally days after I turned eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, they were waiting for me to turn eighteen, so they didn't need my family's uh, consent and yeah. stuff. And I got totally fucked. Like my our manager had his lawyer representing us when we were negotiating with him and yeah. and like we there was so much bullshit mm-hmm. we never really got paid we got completely screwed so everything i did eventually make was just off of my my uh, my own work my tenacity yeah. getting out there playing and and yeah man my only advice is you know if music is what you're getting into you know someone asked me this the other day what would you tell i said you know how to tell young bands get a fucking lawyer yeah okay before you you know you know enjoy what you're doing write your songs have fun but you need somebody who who has some sort of business mind to put you on the right track or you will get screwed and the only gratification you'll get will be playing music doing the shows this and that but at the end of the day that's not enough you got to pay your bills you got to pay your rent if you have kids you got to feed your kids you got to pay for their education so you know art yeah music it's all 
it's all great. It's beautiful. But you need somebody with you, behind you, who looking after you. Yeah, because yeah. you will get fucked. Yeah, yeah. You know? No and matter I, how, I, no matter what your age. Yeah, and I got totally screwed. But you know what? You live and learn, and you know life is good right now for me. So I'm not complaining. You know? Yeah, not not a bad deal no, from I got, that perspective. I yeah. mean, you're alive. No one died. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, some people probably a, did. A right? Few may have, but yeah. you know that's another story. So, is yeah. that a new chapter? Is that in the book? Is that in the book? <laughs> yeah, well, they'll have to read. I haven't it. read the book yet. I'm gonna get you know because it's just out, so I can't wait. I'm gonna pick it up and I'm gonna read it because I want. It, I do want. It's to. nuts, dude. Yeah, it is nuts. What's the craziest thing in the book? Oh Jesus Christ, man. I'm afraid to ask uh, well, you that question. You know I'm something? Afraid. I really couldn't. I could, I don't even know where to begin. It's that kind of book. Were you man. totally lucid when you wrote it? Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Are I, you clean, I, are you clean now? You do? Yeah, you know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I drank coffee. Okay, all right, all right okay. N- nicely done, sidestep. That's okay. I'll, I'll give you that. The, well, but, uh, look, I'm not here. No, but I'm not here to judge or anything. I'm just no, cu- no. curious to know. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I'd, be, I'd be a liar if I said that I never got fucked up in my life. You know, mm-hmm. of course, man. Yeah. You know, I, it's like I, I recently... Man, by the way, myself as well. Look, man, I, I busted my, my 13-year-old son smoking weed mm-hmm. recently, okay? And it's like, oh, shit. How do you handle this? Right. All right? Yeah, because he can say dead. Yeah. He, and he's going re- to read the bad exactly. book. He's so, going to read so, the book. You know, so what do you do? You, you try to school him from your own knowledge. And yeah. I, I try to tell him, I say, look, son. Your brain is still developing, man, and it's going to be developing until you're 21 years old. You know, do you really want to start fucking yourself up now and, yeah. and, and and preventing yourself from from being everything you could be? I mean, you're going to have your whole life ahead of you. I, you're you almost be... sound like an army commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I was in my own yeah, army yeah. in a way. You that's know? right. You were, well, you were fighting a battle. I was. Yeah, I was in the trenches. And I now you're fighting one with line. your 13-year-old. Yeah, but which you know is what? a different kind of battle. Dude. That's a. Not a battle. That's a war. Yeah, that's, okay? right, that's right. But you know, I tried to to tell him. You know, it's yeah. like, look, man, you're you're only going to be a kid for so long. You're gonna you're gonna be you've got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, I can't. You're gonna drink. You're gonna do this. You're gonna yeah. smoke. You're gonna that. But fucking be a kid while you are, man. Yeah. You know, don't start fucking your life up now. Yeah. You know, and then I then I got into <laughs> the whole. Yeah, wait. I like that. Wait till you get older. Well, you then know screw what? it up. But, but no, know, but that's when, true. when you're a man, you can make your own decisions. Exactly. When you're a kid, you don't fucking know no better. Right. And if you don't have somebody, and you don't that, know the consequences. Exactly. And you know, I didn't have my old man around to, yeah. to, to school me on this shit. He was in jail, and you mm-hmm. know, my mom was you know struggling with you know she, back then she had an alcohol issue mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I didn't have any adult figures in my life. To give me any positive, uh, you know, and any wisdom, like, look, yeah. look at what I did. I fucked up. I learned from it. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't have that. The only, the only adults I had around me were complete and total fuck ups. Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, give him some knowledge through my own experience. And fortunately, a lot of the people he looks up to, they're like, yo, listen to your father, man. He That's loves good. you, and and he's been there. Yeah. So you know, God willing, some of this will will sink in. But you know, all you can do is try. All you can, you can try. All well, you can do is try to point people the right yeah, direction. Because when they're thirteen, they think you're dumb. I mean, that's the deal. Yeah, but fortunately, my son does know that. You know. I'm no fool, you know. He knows yeah. from the, the kind of people that respect me and the kind of people I roll with. I mean, I got people like Henzo Gracie, you know. I got people like Anthony Bourdain, and and not even just them. I got people like you know, fucking Metallica, Pantera, like all these people that he looks up to or knows who are like people who've been down the road, people who ain't stupid. Somebody who can get him good tickets to the, some of these. Somebody who can get him into the UFC at <laughs> Madison Square exactly, Garden or whatever. Exactly. You know? But but the point is, is you know. So, <laughs> Not a, not all 
not all kids look at their fathers like he's no. a fucking putz. If if you're yeah, if yeah. you if you if you're a real man, you know, I think people fucking get it. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, there's there's fucking I've never been I've never lied to him about shit. I'm always straight straightforward with him, and, yeah. and I, I believe in that. That's you know the one thing that's gotten me in more trouble than than anything probably is my honesty. You know, I tell people what, what's up. Well, I'm going to come back to that in just a second. I need to take another break. I want to talk about my friends at Liberty Tax. They're the guys that wave out in the street. You see them all the time. And they're the people, they know people. And are you one of those people who overpays your government when it does your taxes? Don't give money away. Enroll in a tax course at Liberty Tax Service. I love these people. I was at their convention this summer, met thousands of them. And I just think these guys are great people because they're out there, you know, just like we're talking right here, they're making a living and they're out there helping other people keep their money that they've worked very hard for. And I love the folks at Liberty Tax. You, you, you talk about honesty. One what? second. Are yeah. those, is Liberty Tax the guys who have the dude standing out there yeah. like the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. And out from, yeah. Okay, well, let me get back to my son then. You know, <laughs> I yeah. told him, I said, you see that guy dressed up like the Statue of Liberty over there yeah. handing out flyers? If you don't fucking stay in school, that's going to be your job. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, there's nothing. For, for, <laughs> no, but but, for, for some people, that's an okay job. But you know what? The point is, is you have to have a fucking high ambitions for yourself or you, you, will, you could be the guy owning liberty that's tax. what i'm saying yeah. you don't want to be the guy dressed like the fucking statue of liberty yeah. it's one thing to be the owner of liberty tax yeah. but you don't want to wind up settling for some bullshit because that's what you 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 painted yourself into a corner right. you know the, the you want to create as many options for yourself so who are the guys you when you think about it you mentioned uh anthony bourdain what what, what who are who are other people that you like man these guys have got it on I, I respect them. Well, I respect him a lot. Okay, and uh, how'd met, you guys meet? By the way, I met him at. at I met him uh, the first time I met him actually was at an MMA thing. Um, uh, it was a mixed martial arts stuff. I actually knew. He knew who I was back in the seventies. Yeah, well, I was he had say, seen me at he clubs. He saw you at these clubs and, when you were a yeah, kid. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So once I did meet him again uh, at my job at the Jiu-Jitsu Academy where I teach. I'm actually his daughter's instructor, so we got to know each other there. And then one day he came out and said, "You know, I I remember you from the late '70s. I used to see you at Max's, and I saw your band play." And I'm like, "Max's, what? Max, Ma Kansas, Max's, Kansas, Kansas City, City yes. yeah." And I'm like, "Get the fuck out Classic of here!" Classic really? club, yeah, absolutely. You know, I used to play. That's practically where I grew up. That was like my <laughs> that was like my daycare center. <laughs> like, that, like that's where I was. My childhood was spent at Max's. So I got to ask you, you know? when you say stuff like that, so you didn't go to school? Well, yeah, I did. What'd you do? Just skip? I well, I you know, I hate to say it, but you know, I I. I, I did, got by left the way. back. Oh, I skipped like hell. I mean, yeah. I, I you know, I, I didn't. I spent more time skipping school than I did in school. But I I left school in the middle of seventh grade. Yeah, I didn't even make it through the eighth grade. Now, that's you know, but to be fair, I was also already in a, in an established gigging band. I mean, I wasn't just like on you know putzing around cutting school. Yeah, I yeah. was like I was used to hanging out with adults you know i was yeah. used to being at clubs it was just well, like hanging I, out with andy warhol yeah people man like you know that. I, mean, I wasn't a normal kid i, I yeah. would you know so but um have you ever been tested for your iq no. i gotta imagine it's off the chart i'm gonna tell you that uh 
You I don't can know, see, man. You can see it. In the back, I'm, I'm sitting there. You, people can't see this when you do podcasts, but you're thinking about three moves ahead, and at the same time you're thinking about five different things, and while we're sitting here talking, you just made up a riff in the back of your head. I mean, that's what's going on in your head, right? It, it, yes. I can see that. And, and, and it's kind of like jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you're thinking five moves ahead while you're doing one thing, and you're yeah. thinking, what if he makes this mistake or does that, how am I going to counter it? Mm-hmm. And what are my options? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, man. It's I, a I, lot like this interview. The interview's a lot like <laughs> It's like, it's like, uh, people think it's not I good. like this guy. Yeah, it's going to be nice. But I like, oh, then, oh, shit, he dropped. Where the hell did he come up with that shit? And it's like, <laughs> that's what I like. Let me ask you, uh, what's, what's, I read this, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yes, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. What, what the hell is, I have no frick, I know, okay. Jiu-Jitsu I know. Okay. And, and I know like Aikido, I studied some Aikido oh, nice, years ago. Nice. I like Aikido. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, but, but Jiu-Jitsu is, hasn't been my kind of thing. Okay, well, obviously Jiu-Jitsu comes from Japan. Yeah. But, um. Uh, but what? So how? Okay. How did it wind br- up becoming yeah, Brazilian? Yeah. How the okay, hell did it get to know, be Brazilian? It, it, is a, it like a, a wax or it, what? <laughs> yes. It's. A, <laughs> do you have to? You have we to, all. Yes, we uh, all I, wax. I, that's that's I, the difference. Dude, the I Brazilian didn't even want to. We I, wax ourselves. Oh, and, but, shit. <laughs> I, now I got this whole image in my head that I want. I want. Yeah, you back. want to erase? Okay. I want back. We need some coffee. Oh my god! My producer just threw up over in the corner. This is holy shit, Harley. This is bad. This is bad. Uh, the, the, the real difference besides the waxing is that we, <laughs> we, we do most of our fighting on the ground. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when the Gracie family started developing... Like, like really low, like, um, like wrestling kind of like... There's a lot of wrestling involved. We're, we'll actually sub- submit... It's all submission, submission fighting, but the difference with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is... In Brazil, they've been having like mixed martial arts competitions for a really long time. So... Uh, they were able to really test what worked yeah. and and refine the techniques that made the most sense and discard things that really didn't that weren't useful in in real fighting. Yeah. So they were able to really take it to another level and it kind of became its own thing. Like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is very different from traditional Jiu-Jitsu. It's it's much more reality-based fighting, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very applicable for MMA. So more like you'd actually see in the street. Yeah, it's yeah. really useful in, in those type of situations. So is that what you're, you're doing now, between the music stuff, or what? Or uh, on top actually, of the music, it's, or what? It's kind of took over my life. I mean, I started training with Master Henzo Gracie in 96, and I, there was no turning back. I just fell in love with it. I'm going to ask you a question. Did, did it save your life? It has saved my life in yeah. so many ways, not yeah. just not just in physical confrontational situations, but just the it, it changes you, man. It, you know the Aikido. Uh, and one of the things I spent a lot of years in Japan, and I love Japan. It is a really it, cool. But I also found it a very peaceful place. Yeah, where you can really get centered. And, that, and so when you say jujitsu, and I see this in your head. And I think about that, it, it's a settling, it's a centering thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I was also fortunate enough to get to train a little bit while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a jiu-jitsu academy there, and I, I submitted just about everybody in the dojo, and then finally this one guy just worked me over, and it was great. You yeah. know, I had a great time. It was, yeah. it was, That's when you, it got, was, you went to school. Yeah, it yeah. was beautiful. You know, it was, it was, it was humbling, and yet it was, uh, you know, it was one of my greatest memories you know isn't that cool i mean today i had a phone call this morning very early this morning about selling a business or merging a business and i hung up the call and called my ceo uh who works with me and i said you know i gotta tell you i'm good but that guy's really good because it was a verbal sparring going on 
and he was just so good. When I thought it was over, boom, he came around with a roundhouse or something like that. I don't know how you, whatever the terms are, and he just kicked me in the freaking. You, you know, know it's, what? it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. You know, we have a saying in jujitsu: there, there's no losing in jujitsu. You win or you learn. Mm. So oh, hey, the, that's the, cool. the idea is because you, you don't know, die. It's submission. You, you no know, one's gonna die. And not only that, you know, everything. Every time you lose or or, or you deal with something difficult, you're growing from it. You, yeah. you know, if you take, a, if you're able to take a step back and say, okay, what mistake did I make? What was he able to capitalize on that I did? Or what was it that he did that was that he was able to get me off guard? Or and it, and that becomes part of your maturing that becomes how you grow and if when you take that same philosophy out of the academy out of the dojo and and apply it to real life you know the even the defeats that that, that you have you know even the the worst situations can become something that you learn from and make you stronger and in a lot of ways that's what my whole life has been and that's yeah. why I'm still here you know yeah. because I managed to learn from my not just my mistakes but from the things that I did right you know, and all the hardships that were put upon me, they got me to where I am now. And it's why my, my head is more clear, more steady. You know, I mean, even just a few weeks ago, I was on the train and I had these two, like, crackhead-looking motherfuckers, like, talking shit to me, yeah. starting shit. I was with my sons, and my first impulse is like... With your sons? That's yeah, amazing you know what guys saying? do that. that and that's... and, and I'm, my first thought, obviously, yeah. is like, I'm looking at his throat and where I'm gonna punch him and where which track I'm gonna throw his friend onto, and then I stopped myself and I said, and, and you know I'm I'm looking at the guy and I'm I was about to say, dude, don't you have enough missing teeth? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but right. then I stopped myself and I looked at my son and I looked at him. And I said, you know, I'm just trying to get home, buddy. Man, have yeah. a good day. You know. Yeah. Just ha have a good day, bro. I I, I mean you no yeah. harm. Yeah. Yeah. And and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's right, man, that's right. Yeah, you know, trying to still be a hard ass. And I walked away with my kids, and I looked at my son, and I was like, you know what, son? Shit like that is just not worth it. You it's know, not, we're we're, yeah. we're, I'm, we're we're going to see my wife right now. I'm with you guys. I'm having a great day. And and if I would have fucked that guy up, I'd be in the newspapers again. Yeah, you know, there'd be all kinds of drama. You guys would be with the police while I'm in handcuffs getting a it's like that type of bullshit it's just not worth it and yeah. and when you start to, when you get to that place where you realize like this shit don't matter it's the bigger picture that matters mm -hmm. you know so yeah man jujitsu it changed my life in, yeah. in every way man I really in a lot of ways it saved my life well what's been the biggest thing you learned from writing the book did somebody help you write the book Actually, uh, no, nobody helped me write it, but I did have a lot of help in the editing. Oh, sure, Actually, you got to have yeah, that. My, yeah. my wife took what would have been a thousand pages of one sentence. How long did it take? <laughs> How long did it take you to write the book? I've oh, done Christ. three books already, so I know what it, I know. It takes a while. Well, but... this one took a long ass time yeah. because I initially started trying to write it in the late '90s when I was actually like all fucked up on drugs and that was yeah. why I started writing it because I didn't think I would you know I was like, yeah I was like if I don't I write get this it shit out. down yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody else is going to write it and it's going to be wrong right but so I, I it went through several different versions before we, me and her actually met and she read it read some of it and was like you know this is really good you know and um, I got her to help with the editing and basically 
like I said, turned a thousand pages, one sentence book into something that's readable. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, she didn't write anything. What's the proudest thing out of the book that you think, man, this is my best piece right here? Well, the, my proudest accomplishment. <laughs> just finishing in the book, it? Bro. Yeah, well, finishing it was yeah, huge. Yeah. But, you know, when I look back on everything, I mean, my kids, I'm incredibly proud of them. And I'm, I, I love my wife. And, having gone through that, that shit storm of a life that I went through to be where I am now, to, to, to actually be with people that, you know, look, look I work with people I love, man. I, Master Henzo Gracie, I, I respect that man like you can't imagine. My coworkers, my students, I'm surrounded by people that I respect and respect me. Mm-hmm. Like life is good, man. I went yeah. through fucking hell and back, and and I landed on my feet, and I landed don't with you, a beautiful woman and don't two, you two think great most, kids. Don't you think, you know, Harvey? Don't you think most people feel the same way? Don't you? I don't reg- know. Yeah, I think they do. I think I we all. Have, I think we all have those same feelings and thoughts. Well, maybe at different they, at different they, at different levels, right? I don't know because most of the people I grew up with either wound up dead in jail or all fucked up on drugs, mm-hmm. so. Maybe in your experience, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you know, know, but that's but, it's you know, my eyes, right? I mean, I I'm just grateful, you know, I'm grateful every day. Yeah. When, when I, anytime I get pissed off about something, all I gotta do is think about where I was and where I am, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I I hear you, brother. I, you know, I haven't, I didn't have that kind of life, but I had a tough. I think I had a tough life, and where I'm at today, and where my children are, a lot different place than where I was. And so I sit there, and I'm grateful every day that I can do the things I do to have them, let them have the life they have. And I think that's our greatest legacy that we can do as parents. You know, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, so and try I don't want them to have the pain that we had is to get yeah, through this. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully to make the right business yeah. decisions to where they can have a, a leg up when they get yep. out on their own. You know, if I can just give my kids, you know, a future, like when, when they're grown men and they need they need to get up on their feet, if I can say, look, I've been putting this aside for you, now I'm going to help you make some decisions with it yeah. and get your life moving forward, you know what, then you, th- that's all that really the end of the day if we can just make the next generation do a little better than we did then i think we've done our job well you've had some great accolades in the books for a big spread in new york times which is freaking awesome anytime yeah, somebody man. can get that you dude can... i made it in the times i didn't even have to stab anybody this time <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, put hey, put that in a freaking press release, huh? That's awesome. That's I awesome. didn't have to bite anybody in the face. Yeah. Nothing, you well, know. I'm in the uh, Times again. And yeah, did I tell you stories. how much I like you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, people tend to like me unless yeah. they fuck with me. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? I have that same thing. But it's in yeah, business. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the same thing. It's what a pleasure. So, talk, absolutely. Give yeah. the name of the book. Give a little plug. Come on, we want to. Well, do it. it's called Hardcore, Hardcore Life of My Own, and yeah. and it's. Uh, you know, I don't pull no punches, man. It's a, it's a, if you want to know what New York was like back in the day, you know, back when like when it was real, real New York, know, like, I mean, you people can't imagine. Like you when know, Chelsea was a was a tough area. Yeah, let me too. tell Chelsea. you something. I was down on the Lower East Side the other day. And there was it's, no it's, nomad. I'm like, no- I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, yeah. it's like I'm laughing. I'm talking to people. I'm like, you know, you're playing with your kids over here. This used to be where like all the dope fiends would hang out, getting high. Yeah. You know, this is where the, all the gangbangers used to. You know, I'm like, these half these buildings used to be abandoned lots and burnt yeah. out buildings with lines of junkies coming out of them going around the corner, around the block, you know, while yeah. the cops are driving by and not saying shit because they're paid off. And, you know, the, you know, you got your mobsters over here, your, your 
your, your Westies, you know, your Irish mafia up in Chelsea. Somehow, you know. somehow I'm not one to bring back the good old days. Oh, you know what? It's funny <laughs> because like half the time I miss it. Actually, most of the time I miss it. But then I think to myself, would I want my kids to grow up in the same fucking city yeah. that I grew up in? Right. And I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you know? miss it for different reasons because yeah. he, he, there was some affinity, some connection, yeah, and so forth. Yeah, you know, and, and and I think that's part of what is selling my book is that people, again, like 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 Tony Bourdain, you know, he's people want authenticity, and yeah. there's so fucking little of it left that you know when you find somebody who made it through that shit and actually survived it and has some great stories to tell, then you know, people want to know, they yeah. want to hear it, and so you know what. Now you can read my book and you can feel like you were there because I'll tell you, I really tried to capture the city, the the sounds, the smells. You know, I talk about, you know, the garbage strike in the, in the oh, 70s yeah, when that. you had like yeah. garbage like 11 feet yeah. up in the air. I talk about when the son of Sam was, you know, shooting people and, you know, the blackout. I mean, I was there through all of that. And, yeah. and it's like most people that will never know. It's like for most people, the only real taste of what New York was, they get it from watching old movies. Yeah. And shit. And and you know what? They don't come close. Yeah, where the movie Warriors was real. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. For those of us that remember that reference. Hey, yeah. listen, man, it's been a pleasure. I really have enjoyed our time, and I'm looking forward too, man. to sharing a, a dinner with you some night or something like that. Or, we, we, go, gotta, or we go hit Dunkin' Donuts we, when we're done with uh, the... Man, this guy has gone commercial. <laughs> You're awesome. You cost me my sponsor with Liberty Tax, probably. No, no, no. We want to be the guy who runs Liberty Tax. We want to be. We want to go to Liberty Tax to have them do our taxes. We just don't want to be the guy in the in, in the <laughs> okay, statue. Okay, stop, stop. That's enough. All right, my friend. What a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Absolutely. Dude. Thanks for having me, my man. I Cheers. look forward to seeing you again. Cheers. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, at the end of every single show, I like to talk about you know it, what I learned. Man, I enjoyed this interview. And you know, when you when you think about what you expect and what you get, it's sometimes two different things. And that's what I learned. I mean, I was looking at this guy when I saw this interview, hardcore, tat, the whole bit, but he's a guy with a real soul. And a guy who'd been through some hard knocks, but making it big and was making it big then and comes back to find what's the important things in life and what we gotta do. So hey, like they say, don't judge a book by its cover. So don't forget, get out and get this book, Hardcore Life of My Own by Harley Flanagan. I really, really enjoyed my interview with him. I hope you did too. I hope you learned something new. Whether it's on the personal side or the business side, you know, that's what we cover right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel on CBSplay.it and, of course, on iTunes. So make sure, do me a favor, pass it on to a friend. All right, all my best. See you later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.